Wait, hold on a second. That's not our opening music. Oh, that's the new hit single, All of the Roses, by friend of the show, Samita. Let me just fix that, but if you want to listen to the rest of the song, I added a link to the episode description. Hello, hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of Foggy Talkie. This one's called The Second. Um, it's a bit confusing because this is episode four. Uh, but to help unpack this great episode, we have a new guest, never before on the pod. It's Matt. Woo! Thank you so much, Steve. It's an honor to finally be here. Yeah. No, I've been trying to get you on the podcast forever. Um, and for all we know, you might be the last new guest we ever have. I, <laughs> I'm running out of people. <laughs> I wasn't doing you any favors. I had seen the original Baki with the uh, escaped convicts, so you couldn't have me on for that as all the surprises were were taken away. So this new season has already got me excited. Yeah. So for new guests, I have two questions that I like to ask everybody so the audience gets a chance to know you. Uh, First off, other than Baki, what have you been watching? So what I've been watching recently is uh, Succession just started up again, so I'm watching the new season of that, and Yellow Jackets, which uh, has actually gotten me back. It lost me a bit at the end of season one, but they got me back in. And uh, just finishing part six of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, which actually also has a lot of prison themes, funny enough, so. Yeah, on brand. It's got a lot of prison themes. I actually, I, I started watching that, and I, I can never, I, I, I want to finish it. I could just never get myself to do it. Um, just not, not enough Baki in it. Um, <laughs> second question for you, Matt. Uh, what experience did you have with Baki before watching this episode? So you've watched what is it that you've watched the original series with the death row? Did you watch the Raitai tournament? Yeah, so I watched, you know, COVID had just started and I needed a light at the end of the tunnel and there was Baki on my recommended Netflix list. So I watched the Death Row Inmates and the Raitai Tournament. Both, uh, you described it perfectly um, in the episode with Blair. Uh, You never really know what's gonna happen. Uh, And that's the perfect way to describe Baki. And I I was hooked ever since. So I watched those both and, but I didn't even know they had this new Son of Ogre, Baki Hanma season yeah yeah it was uh luckily i i keep an eye for these things um i think i watched <laughs> it like the day it came out um cool well let's let's jump into it because this is a fun one uh so we ended the last episode with um uh, jay Guevara coming out of the broom lo- uh closet that he sleeps in uh because he's a warrior uh and he <laughs> basically we just pick up from there uh matt do you want to describe uh, how the episode starts um Wait, so Jay Guevara comes out of the broom closet. I thought this starts with the guards kicking everybody out of their cells. I didn't realize we knew the flip yet. Yeah, no, it was uh, the the last episode ended with Jay Guevara coming out of the broom closet. And then immediately the guard comes over and says, everybody get out of your cells. Hey, sweethearts, get a move on. You're getting ready for a party or something? Quit dawdling or you'll get a kick in the ass! Oh, oh my gosh. So we knew it was Jay Guevara? 
I thought that was like an M. Night Shyamalan twist. I was so excited to talk about the big twist. Oh, well, maybe, you know what? You know, maybe I've maybe I've ruined this because I knew it was Jay Guevara because I've watched the whole show. <laughs> but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they call him Mister Second, and then yeah, at the very him... end, you're just like, <laughs> "Oh, I ruined it." You're right. You're right. It wasn't known until later in the episode. <laughs> oh my god, it's totally fine because you know I have so much to say, and we yes, we are saying Jay Guevara. I want to make that very clear for the listeners at home. We're not mispronouncing anything. His name is Jay Guevara. And we'll get into it a little later, but oh my gosh. Yeah, what a twist that is. (laughs) Yeah, but you are right. They do do refer to him as as number two or Mr. Number Two, I believe. Um, So the the first scene's pretty fun. Uh, All of the prisoners have to get out of their cells. And I, I think this is standard prison stuff, I guess. I don't know if they do it all at the same time. Um... But while the guards are, you know, yelling at them, telling them all the rules, uh, it seems that Mr. Number Two uh, doesn't have to follow the rules. Uh, Did you want to go in on what happens there? Yeah, so you're right. They're just literally counting the cells. And in a prison of 4,000 prisoners, I guess that takes two and a half hours. I don't know, like, how long. They're just doing cell roll call, so that must be a while. All cells report! Cell three, clear. Cell four, clear. Cell five, clear. But as they're doing this, um, Mr. Number Two just walks up to the guard who's been yelling at everybody. He just takes the cigarettes right out of his pocket and starts smoking them, which is a pretty baller move. I mean, uh, Baki seems pretty taken aback. No way. How's he getting away with smoking in front of them like that? And then he asks for the breakfast specials? Yeah, I he think asked, he, he has Mike Tyson what we're having for breakfast today. <laughs> That's the Mike Tyson character? Oh <laughs> my goodness. What's for breakfast? They're serving pork and beans. Oh my goodness. That makes so much more sense now. But yeah, and then the guard, and then Mike Tyson answers him. He's like, yeah, yeah we're having uh, pork and beans, which actually doesn't sound so bad, if I'm being I, honest, that's, for that's prison food. And then Che Guevara's like, I really don't like pork or beans. Who doesn't like pork or beans? <laughs> Listen, I get it if he's just like, you know, not into pork or, or whatever, but you're right. It's it's pretty nondescript. But where, I, where he loses me is his alternative is an omelet. <laughs> just like a prison egg omelet. Are you kidding me? That sounds way worse than pork yeah. and beans. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like the the lunch lady they have making his meal is an expert omelet chef. Maybe they have like a little make your own omelet like section for uh, Che Guevara. Um, I mean, his omelet does look pretty nice. Maybe he did put like a little western. Maybe he like spiced ooh. it up a little bit. There's like sriracha or something on that omelet. Yeah, I can believe that. But yeah, like he just asked the lunch special, the guard punches Mike Tyson for talking, and then we cut to Jay Guevara and his omelet, Mr. Number Two, eaten away. Um, so so I, I, I want to linger on the, the guard punching Mike Tyson. What's for breakfast? They're serving pork and beans. <laughs> I told you no talking! Um, first, <laughs> first off, it's funny because uh, Mike Tyson like doesn't even really react to getting punched in the face by this yeah. guard. But what I love is um, the how they so the guards are being completely uh, they're ignoring uh, Mister Number Two, and that's mm-hmm. because they he is above the rules. But to keep this air of authority, 
they don't just acknowledge that Mr. Number Two is above their control. They literally act like he doesn't exist. And I don't mean like like a like a you know, oh we don't see it. Like they act like he is a ghost. If you talk to him, they go, Why are who are you talking to? Where is what what's going on? <laughs> And so when Mike Tyson said, we're having pork and beans, they go, who, who asked that? Shut up. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the episode. I know it is. It's actually kind of crazy. It's, it's a little cold and, uh, you know, pretty cool, if I might add, that they just like completely ignore him. And it's like all his actions still have consequences, but all the guards just deal with the repercussions. In fact, my favorite moment of the episode <laughs> has to directly deal with this, but then we're jumping ahead again, so. Yes, I know, I know what you're referring to, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cold ice. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, and also the guard's second punch, I don't know if it was the animation or maybe it was that week, but it looked pathetic. Looked yeah. like I could have taken that second punch when he punches <laughs> Mike Tyson. Where, where, what number do you think you'd be in this uh, prison of 4,000 prisoners? Oh, my goodness. 4,001, man. I'd be <laughs> six feet under. You see the guys in this prison? Not a single one of them is under nine feet. It's insane. There's that one little old man that uh, talked to Baki, but I, I feel like he probably knows the most martial arts. So I, I agree. I, th I think I think we'd both die um, pretty quick. <laughs> Actually, against my own point, uh, in the opening intro, uh, it reveals Baki's height, which is 5'6". Because it's his, it's his prison photo, and the tip of his head is at the 5'6 marker. So that, no, like, I, he's a short dude. It, it's one of the things on this show is that a lot of times, like, I've probably said people are 7 feet tall, like, 20 times on this podcast. But it's, <laughs> it's because I'm using Baki as a frame of reference. Like, when you actually look at like some of the numbers they throw around like like the praying mantis that he fought a few episodes ago i'm oh my goodness i would be taller and heavier than that mantis like it's uh <laughs> it wouldn't be as intimidating yeah i mean like it just it puts everything into perspective because then like you're saying the old man the old man is like two feet shorter than baki so this guy must have a condition like and then what is he doing in this prison with no help i feel bad for him yeah well, you know, can't do the crime. Don't do the... The, the, the fun <laughs> fact about this prison is nobody acknowledges that they did any crimes, really, because you don't want to, like, hate these guys. Well, clearly they're in prison because they were born stupid, as the guard says twice to them, <laughs> unprompted. He's like, well, it's your fault. You're all born stupid. And then he comes back and is like, that's what you get for being born stupid. When he said it the okay. second time, I thought the actor had to ad-lib or something. Like, <laughs> it was... <laughs> All right, you get one ad lib this episode. Here you go. And he just says the same thing he said two lines earlier. Again, blame yourselves for being born stupid. Um, but yeah, so after after um, Mike Tyson gets punched in the face, uh, we cut to the dining hall. Everybody's having an omelet. Um, or sorry, uh, Jay Guevara's having an omelet. Everybody else is having horrible pork and beans. Um, <laughs> and we're introduced to... Uh, a new character uh, a sumo prisoner um i didn't look up his name editor steve can add that in uh according to the wiki he doesn't really have a name uh, he's credited as self-styled first um but what, what what does he get up to matt oh my goodness uh well he gets up to you know he's 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 a uh, top dogging um pretty hard because he's trying to pick the uh, biggest toughest looking guy he's taking michael scott's prison advice 
mm-hmm. and is trying to find the biggest, toughest guy and challenging him to a fight. But that's himself, which is a bit odd because the guy is like so much bigger. It's one of those Baki animation moments where you're like, is this guy just a small Godzilla or is he actually this tall? Like, are they just making him seem more intimidating? Yeah. Um, so he sits across from uh, number two and he's just trying to intimidate him by eating pork and beans really intensely. Like he's just well, kind of chatting does, him up. He does have the coolest move, which if I could do, I'd do in a heartbeat where he doesn't like his spoon. So he tears it in half and now he has two points to use as a fork. Which well, works. I'm like, there's no way that's a metal spoon because they're in prison. Why the heck would they give them metal spoons? That's shit. That's got shiv written all over it, especially in a in a prison like that. So he just maybe ripped a a paper spoon, which <laughs> is not be, as impressive. It would be way less, impre- and it would explain why he was annoyed with it to begin with. Like it was a pretty. <laughs> if, if you have a paper spoon, that's not great. But also, this guy clearly isn't the smartest because he just, like, pokes the pork bit he's trying to pick up with his spoon and then goes, oh, man, this thing's so annoying, I can't get this. And then he rips his spoon. He didn't even try to scoop it as his spoon is intended. He just was poking it like a fork and was confused at the concept like he'd never seen a spoon before. Look, when you're as strong as this guy, the world's your fork. Like, you can use whatever you want. He's so strong, he's never had to use a spoon, ever. He's either bent a fork so it's made a perfect little cradle, or just use forks. He just he just sits down at the table and inhales hard enough that the food flies into his mouth. <laughs> Honestly, he's, he's big enough that maybe he's got that lung capacity. I don't know. He's a big dude. Yeah. But uh, he starts really trash talking number two. He's like, guess you can call me number one. Even though he like got to prison yesterday. I don't know. They said he's new. So I don't know what that timeline is, but he's just trying to talk. And, uh, you know, in response to his credit, Mr. Number two, he does the floppy spoon pure intimidation technique where he pretends to flop the spoon like the little optical illusion. But uh, then he reveals it's completely broken, the spoon. It is floppy. So, yeah, pretty scary. The most incredible, like, Baki feat of something that is very (laughs) technically impressive, and if you tried to describe it to someone, it sounds very lame. No, yeah. Well, that's Baki in in its own right, right? It's uh, something that maybe talking to someone out loud is very lame but in the show they make it look very very cool yeah it's like oh yeah i used just my thumb and my index finger to cut a chunk out of a deck of playing cards <laughs> if, if i saw that in real life i'd be like holy shit <laughs> but if you came right? over and told me i'd be like what oh oh yeah okay that's that sounds a little that, that does sound tough i couldn't eat my pork and beans so i ripped my spoon <laughs> And then I stabbed it. Yeah, like you know, you can't, you can't. That out loud sounds terrible, but I'm, I'm leaving. A lot more. <laughs> somebody tells that story. Um, but yeah, so good icebreaker. Oh, yeah, so so he does that amazing trick, and um, uh, what is it? I can't, I can't remember the exact circumstances on how this happens. Uh, the sumo wants to fight, and uh, Mister Number Two, in the best power move of the episode takes a gun off a guard for fun 
and then gives the gun to the sumo and then puts it right at his forehead. I don't even know what to add to that. <laughs> it's, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory in that way. I mean, it's pretty baller. You're right. He's just like, takes the gun. He's like, go ahead, hold it in your hands and pull the trigger. Um, even loads it, which I think is a neat little detail. You like watch him load the gun with the bullet. And, uh, you know, that is pretty intimidating, especially because the guards like miss like the Mr. Number Two status. They just let him do whatever he wants. So they're just standing there watching him. Yeah. And everyone's like obviously pretty freaked out, but um, puts it to his head. And, uh, you know, um, one of the best lines in a great lined ep uh, episode, great script on the episode. But uh, so the sumo guy's about to pull the trigger, right? And yeah. then in a, a sheer, absolute Baki move, uh, Mr. Number Two kicks this guy in the balls so hard, <laughs> um, the screen goes red. You think I won't shoot you? Poor guy. He really had no choice but to pull the trigger. Number two's got him right where he wants him. And the guy's immediately incapacitated, right? Perfect. And then my favorite line right after is Baki goes... Is that Kempo? Is that Kempo? Like, he just kicks a guy in the balls, and Baki's like, whoa, what technique was that? That must have been Kempo. And it, it, it's just a ball kick, Baki. I don't think it's, it's not that deep, my man. Like, it, there's Baki no still technique about it. This, this incredible technique. You know, it's so funny. The end of last season was just Baki kicking Muhammad Ali in the balls. Right, so he was doing Kempo, I guess. He's just like, this is my Kempo, is kicking people in the balls. I'm pretty sure anyone who's actually done Kempo would be pretty upset by that, but I've actually never done it, so maybe it is kicking people in the balls. Yeah, and that's, that's Kempo. The, the, that's the literal transition, ball kick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so funny. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, he, like I'm, like there was no other martial arts in that fight. It was just put a unless the part of Chinese Kempo is to give your opponent a gun and point it at your head. Um, man. Bold strategy. Very bold strategy to do that. Um, I guess that's not why a lot of people do Kempo. <laughs> no. So, so round one goes to Mr. Number Two. Um, however, the, the fight's not over. They end up going to the exercise gym or whatever. Um, I, I didn't know prisons had gyms like, maybe, maybe they do. It, it looked like a high school gym. Um, and they decide to have a real sumo fight. And what unfolds is um, not only not a sumo fight, in my opinion, but the grossest thing I think I've ever seen on this show. And I would honestly recommend, don't look it up. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was gross. It was graphic, to say the least. Just in, like, the weirdest ways, like... You're, Cause you're right. This this sumo, it's a pretty nice gym. It, it's nicer than my high school gym. But then again, this prison is like what? The, the prison is the prison in the opening. I'm assuming it's huge. it's the Black Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty insane. So, um, it, I mean, it's a nice gym. I get. It looks like they got more than one of them. But uh, you know, Mister Number Two can do whatever he wants. Even guards come in to watch, and. Uh, they're doing this sumo thing and without even warning mr number two just kind of starts the match he just hugs sumo yeah. guy the arizona grand sumo tournament starts now so uh we're just gonna dive in what is it you say 
Hakeoi? And he's like, okay, let's begin. And, you know, he's just hugging him. And it's kind of sweet for like three seconds. You know, they're just like embracing each other. And then the sumo guy's like, all right, time to kick it off. I can do this. And he tries to pick him up, Mr. Number Two, that is. And he can't for reasons that I don't think they'll ever explain. <laughs> Jacob Aaron is just really dense. I get he's like got lead boots or so he was lead underwear that day because he's literally like standing there and there's a moment where he like leans back. I should be able to pick you up easy. There's no way you can pick me up. Yeah. And like lifts his feet off the ground, yet the guy still can't lift him. So I don't know what kind of of uh, magic that is, but um, it's Chinese Kempo. Uh, <laughs> that's classic Kempo. Um, but yeah, and then you know it gets to the gross part um, where I need to know what Jay Guevara uses as conditioner because he plucks like three hairs from his head. Yeah. Um, well, as he's still first, embracing the sumo guy. Yeah. First, he slaps the guy's ear so hard that his eardrum oh. blows out, which yeah. is a classic Baki move. I think second only to the ball kick in that they happen 50% <laughs> of every fight. So his eardrum. They're doing blow the classics. <laughs> but this is where it gets weird. Yeah. So he gets his. He he grabs a few strands of hair, and then and then what does he do? But here's the thing. He grabs the hair, and at first the hairs are like rock hard. He makes like a little spear of hairs. And then he goes and puts the hairs in the guy's now broken ear drummed ear. And then the hairs somehow, by, by he twisting, simply twisting his fingers a bunch of times, Jay Guevara gets his hairs to wrap perfectly around this guy's inner ear. And like Dr. Octopus arms, like grabs it and rips it apart completely just ripping apart this guy's inner ear until yeah. there's like nothing left yeah his ear canal just squeezed like um just into oblivion um and the guy can no longer stand up he falls down he gets back up he falls down again because he doesn't understand which fair i would not assume that somebody used their hair to wreck my inner ear um <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just insane um yeah it's it's gross like they show the inside of his head and how the hairs like break everything and then like e like blood like shoots out of this guy's ear and meanwhile you're right like how is that sumo <laughs> is it the hair is it the like he just slaps him and the in the sumo guy's even like what was that uh i lost i lost at sumo what was that technique? The hurry taste slap? A sumo slap? Like, I got no idea what technique that was. You know, I I don't even think that was sumo. Yeah. And the, the best part is, during this whole thing, because Jacob, er, 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 he moves quite slowly during the whole thing. And the sumo is just sort of <laughs> still trying to pick him up the whole time, like doing nothing. <laughs> like, if somebody it's, stuck it, a, yeah. something in my ear, I wouldn't just keep my head there like, okay yeah well i gotta give sumo at least a little credit here because if someone plucked hairs and stuck it in my ear i'd go what the hell is that gonna do <laughs> their hairs yeah then apparently his hair's got superpowers he's got like iron hair that can rip body parts yeah uh, yeah 
I mean, I you know, I'd, I'd hate to see the hairball coming off of him, you know? It'd, it'd be treacherous. It'd probably be, like, thick. Maybe that's Maybe why he couldn't lift him. It's his hair. Yeah. It's his hair. Yeah. It all makes sense now. See, that's one thing Baki does. Makes complete sense when you need it to. There we go. We just put the pieces together there. <laughs> Jacob Vera's has just been for years sewing steel wool into his scalp. <laughs> Well, he can do whatever he wants, and I guess prison's pretty boring, so, I mean, it's a time. It's a, it, it wastes time. Yeah. So, the uh, defeated, the sumo, is left in the uh, gymnasium, um, and I, I think this is what you wanted to refer earlier, but definitely the coolest guard moment of the season. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's the coldest thing I think I've ever seen in a Baki episode. It was a kind of, like, sad and a bit emotional. Yeah. Well, you felt not, for this sumo guy not a lot of it's people just, die in Baku yeah. you know people get defeated <laughs> they get their ears squished but usually then they just go to the hospital and they and they come back with like a mecha ear or something like also so unceremoniously if someone dies it's like yeah I put my vacuum hand in his soul and ripped it out or something like it's something like so crazy this guy just gets popped in the back of the head so this guard comes over so you know mr second leaves the gym he's one it's like a complete wash of course and he leaves the gym the second he leaves the gym the guard comes behind the sumo guy who's like literally picking his eardrum up off the floor yeah uh just trying to get a grasp and the guard goes hey what are you doing in here alone hey what do you think you're doing in here all by yourself we told you you can't do this and he pops him in the back of the head it's cold you can see that sign on the wall, can't you? <clears throat> you know, normally I'd just shoot you right here and now without any warning. But since you're new here... He goes, usually I, I wouldn't even give you a warning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, that kind of ruins the moment where he goes, you know, uh, didn't you see the sign? And he points to a sign that literally just says, no warning. Like... In the gymnasium, a singular sign that says no warning has no contact. Like, there's no further. I know they said they'd shoot him with no warning, but a sign that just says no warning? I, 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 I guess know. that's what it means. If you see that sign, you will die. <laughs> no warning. Why'd they put it in the gym? Those rec leagues, no wonder no one else was in there. Those yeah. rec leagues, everyone is dead because they just go there, see no warning, and boom. The intramural massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that's that's a cold that's a pretty sweet moment in the episode. Yeah, no, it, it's great. Um and then for the rest of the episode we are just sort of learning more about Jay Guevara. So uh Baki and him have a talk and they have a I, I, I like this dialogue where Baki is saying that like, oh, they don't call you number two because uh you're second place to Oliver. It means second generation. Because I'm like the second Mr. Unchained. Which I enjoyed. Um, even though he is clearly also number two, like the second guy, I'm sh I, I don't think all 4,000 prisoners agreed on <laughs> what they're doing there. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Uh, Baki ends up uh, getting in some trouble because he's talking to a ghost, uh, but then he takes a police baton and does the spoon trick with it. I see you've plied knifey spoony before. I mean, you know, I even in the original Baki, the, the one I watched, you barely see Baki or anything he does. But this was one of the coolest moments. He does the floppy spoon, but with a guard's baton. 
I mean, that was pretty baller stuff. It, it, uh, it was on theme too. a callback, a good callback from Baki this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's funny because this season is so much more Baki, but not really this episode. This episode is more of a traditional Baki of just uh, him just watching it happen. Um, uh, however, because of his uh, tricky spoon trick, um, Baki gets sent to um, shirtless solitary confinement uh, where yeah he... shirtless and pantsless he's just in his underwear yeah he'll be there a few times this season um... <laughs> but can i can i bring uh, uh for those at home who haven't seen the episode uh i mean he's put in what can only be described as thumb cuffs like small yeah. handcuffs just for his thumbs when baki is put into this like solitary confinement for yep. the baton stun and I mean, we've seen Baki dislocate legs and arms. His thumbs would seem pretty simple at this point. Like, how is that secure in any way? Um, honestly, this whole prison operates on the honor system. I feel like, <laughs> like I don't think I think even I'm the guards pick that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, especially when his old man friend is the one bringing him food to his solitary confinement cell. I feel like there's three violations there minimum. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Like, does the old man also have free reign over this prison? Did he ask? Did the guards ask him to do it because they were didn't want to? Yeah, I don't know. Like, and he shushes Baki like it's a secret. Like, there's not cameras or a guard that let him in or anything. It's just like, oh, shush, Baki. And it's, and it's not like no one's supposed him, to know. And it's not like he brought him anything like nice as like a little treat. Like he just got bread and gruel. <laughs> I know, right? And, and, and a fork and knife that he even remarks as being useless. All they're giving you is bread and a cup of soup. I can't really see why you'd need a knife or a fork for that. Not to mention, it's not like you could even use utensils the way they've got you. That he, he decided to bring anyway. I mean, maybe they'll come into play next episode, but I mean, they certainly weren't a big hit this one. Um, yeah, so that leads us into the, the remaining chunk of the episode, which is this old man t telling us the story of Mr. Number Two, or as we've said a few times, Jay Guevara. Um, oh, man. I this... mean, it was a big reveal. As someone who had no idea to then be like, oh, that guy's name is Jay Guevara, I was, it, it, sent, it was like an M. Night Shyamalan twist. It sent me. I was so excited um, for that twist. And you know, in classic Baki fashion, um, somehow Jay Guevara is from Japan. His name is Jun Guevara, yeah. but he goes by Jay. His real name is Jun Guevara, a 21-year-old third-generation immigrant from Japan. In English, he goes by Jay Guevara. But he's originally Japanese, yet he is the president of this island, not Cuba. They make it abundantly clear, hey, it's a yeah. different island. It's not Cuba. Um, but oh my goodness, Jun Guevara. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's, it's wild. <laughs> and it it's... only gets wilder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so many parts of this story that I like. Like, for, <laughs> first off, I just want to comment on they make, they make a Jay Guevara a pirate. But like not like a modern Somali pirate. Like he's 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 swimming around in like the Black Pearl. Like it's just literally, an old literally a sailboat. There's that. There's a scene in this episode where they're doing the backstory, where uh, Jay Guevara 
steals or robs a cruise liner, a modern cruise liner with the Black Pearl. Quite literally, a sailboat. Yeah. And it's it makes no sense. That's <laughs> just. And why is he a pirate president? Um. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just. <laughs> Well, that's the weird thing is, like, so we just got off the Muhammad Ali season, and, like, I think that was the most, like, transparently, like, I know his his name was spelled A-L-A-I, but, like, he was very clearly Muhammad Ali. Jay Guevara, there are a lot of little differences, you know? Like, how is he so good at martial arts? Well, clearly he's from Japan. Um, like, can we make it about Cuba? Well, no. Also, the timeline wouldn't work out because uh, Che Guevara's dead. So it, you, you gotta like move everything around a little bit. Um, but looking at these two together, like these two characters who have been uh, focuses for the show, I've realized that um, what they have in common is that they are both like figures that are very like anti-America or not maybe not but like he, he really respected Muhammad Ali for his protest against Vietnam and then his next choice is Che Guevara who um I believe in real life uh tried to overthrow a U.S.-led uh Cuban dictator uh and in the show uh goes a step further in his anti-American policies <laughs> but um there seems to be it was yeah, just picking up on some politics there. <laughs> I mean, picking it up, it's it. I found it pretty black and white. There's a literal line where it's like, But by then, they weren't even treated like people. Just peons worthy of no more than a pittance. Capitalism was infringing on the pride and culture of the islanders and threatening to extinguish them. And, uh, you know, I think that speaks volumes to <laughs> where... Uh, the creator of Baki, I guess, stands on this. Um... I mean, you know, it, it it's political, but not, I guess, because you know, he does he does depict George Bush in this episode, and it's it, not in a kind light. So that in a way, I guess, is pretty political, but yeah, that, yeah, he's that, just saying oh. the George Bush stuff is wild. So so Jay Guevara was a pirate. Um, <laughs> I assume like a Robin Hood figure for his people. And um at a certain point he gets annoyed with all of the rich capitalist swine yeah. that keep coming to his island and corrupting it. So he trains his pirate crew uh, martial arts, and he doesn't allow weapons because he thinks weapons hold you back. Um, not because Bold. it's a Batman type of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so we, and there's we, a great line when he's training these people uh you know it's like how rigorous and difficult the training was and uh the narrator says you know uh many men died in the course of their training but not a single one made the decision to quit um yeah they die yeah. uh of course they didn't quit they're dead they quit in a way but they couldn't quit before they died so yeah i get it maybe that's why no one quit anyway uh, so we cut to George Bush uh, with, oh. I assume, his uh, cabinet. All right, look, isn't there anything we can do about this little island? It seems the cries for independence are only getting stronger. And they're talking about what to do about this island nation, which is apparently a part of America. So, like, there's Puerto Rico, there's Guam, and um, there's Jay Guevara's Island. Um, <laughs> they never name it. They never say the name of this place. <laughs> 
but uh, it, it was a treat. Thank you for putting me on this episode, Steve, because you got me to talk about George Bush, and uh, this is perfect. Um, because I think it's like the perfect iteration of George Bush. I think this is what my mom thinks George Bush actually was like. This is like my mom's version of George Bush. He's just an absolute asshole. Just send some airplanes down there. Have them make a couple of low flybys. You know, real close to the ground and then bam. I mean, one shot would be enough to take out the whole island. Yep. Um, and so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's, it's it's a it's a it's a blast of the past because you know nowadays I feel like you can have a bit of a rose tinted glasses on Bush and it's like oh he's not Trump he's not uh he's not this type of stuff but you know this was written I think probably around uh, like after nine eleven probably like during the wars uh, that were kicked off um, and I feel like uh, <laughs> yeah th this is a much more like of its time depiction of Bush as the as the bumbling asshole <laughs> like this george bush a hundred percent planned 9-11 like i believe that <laughs> to a t like you know it, you know you can say what you will about the uh, actual reality but this george bush planned 9-11 that's that's kind of what they're going for for sure well come on now son uh, the press here well if not then i'm going to fly the planes into our that was yeah it's like what was the one general who's like don't worry sir we'll call it a coup d'etat when we invade this country and we'll control the press top to bottom yeah isn't this 2006 uh what yeah no it, it, it it's it's great um however uh so his, his plan is to just fly a bunch of planes into uh this island which apparently is a part of america and just like blow it up <laughs> Yeah, like bomb it to hell. Yeah, dry these he's like planes real low, and you know, bam. He even says, and uh, yeah. <laughs> if I may interject something, Mr. Huh? President, uh? it seems to me that a nation's independence is something that should be respected. If the will of that nation's people is unified behind their leader, then Secretary James, we aren't in front of any press or cameras in here, so give all that nonsense a rest already. I mean, just read the room, man. But luckily, I... luckily, Jay Guevara's thought ahead, and he has one of uh, one of Bush's security guards turns out to be one of Jay Guevara's men, and so he I don't know backflips behind the president and just uh, threatens that he could kill him at any moment. Huh? Stop right there! <sighs> you boys, freeze! <laughs> If you make any sudden moves, I'll twist the president's spine 360 degrees, and you don't want to see that. I like to call this guy Hot Sikorsky, because that's exactly <laughs> who he looked like. He was just like a hot-toned Sikorsky, but he spoke like a California surfer, which only raised questions about Jay Guevara's country. Why is this I, man with this accent? I Yeah, I like to think that while he was a pirate, he just collected people across the seas. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't... <laughs> He looks, yeah, he, he he looks like just a regular California guy. And his name is Chamomile Lesson. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I can't believe that's the most that made up name I've ever heard in my life. Chamomile Lesson. Who are you? My name's Chamomile Lesson. I was recently hired to be one of your personal bodyguards. Also, I happen to be a citizen of the very island that's currently under discussion. Nobody move or else I'll twist the president's spine 360 degrees. 
Like, that's not threatening. I'm sorry, Chamomile Lesson. Uh, yeah. If you went for the Earl of Grey Lesson, I think that would have been <laughs> a little bit more. No, that's uh, his other. That's his third in command. <laughs> Jake, Jake Rivera, the Earl. <laughs> Jake Rivera, Earl Grey Javera, and... Uh, <laughs> Earl Grey Bear just rolls off the tug. <laughs> this is my pal Orange Pico. Um, so, so the episode. Uh, so that's so the this the the buff security guard trying to who says he'll kill the president is only half of Jay Guevara's plan. The other half is a very early live stream um, where he does yes. a house tour of George Bush's house. Uh, no way, that's my house. That's right. Today. I'm at the home of none other than Mr. George Bush, the current president of the United States himself. What's the meaning of all this? In uh, real time, they make a note of being like, this is real time. Yeah. Now, what was interesting to me is that um, George Bush is clearly supposed to be George Bush. And I also bet if I look on the Baki wiki, his name's going to be like Georg Bosch or something like that. But <laughs> the... The thing is, his family did not look like George Bush's family. Like, that didn't look like Laura Bush. And he had two sons instead of two daughters, who I believe uh, is his actual family. I was going to say, this is classic Baki women erasure. Muhammad <laughs> Ali's actual daughter replaced with son. The, yeah. This is, why two sons? I just could not wrap my head around, like why did they change I, it to sons for no reason for the long game in 20 years those kids are gonna come beat up baki <laughs> oh my god george bush's sons are the antagonists of baki season 48 that would yeah. be pretty good baki is inexplicably still 16 but the children have now aged to 25 <laughs> well they they also dropped that uh jay Guevara when he did does all this is 17 which you know is pretty insane to have a full army that is has two members of of our organization in all 50 states and I, they I... can <laughs> two of our operatives have been dispatched to each of the 50 states by now they've established themselves there and it would only take one of them to hijack a plane or to seize a nuclear power plant using nothing but their bare hands i didn't catch that it's in I don't know what it is with Japanese media, but like you can watch an entire show. Like people just have jobs. They're like, you know, they have a mortgage and then it's like, oh, and this is where they go to high school. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Why are they 17? It, uh, it's so bizarre. And like they even make a note of it in the episode where the announcer's like, and he spoke of freedom to his people but he was too young for everyone to really be on board and it's like well kind of yeah like if a 17 year old was like i'll free us i'm not using weapons we're gonna punch everyone to death like yeah i kind of be a little skeptical yeah I, I i would not be swayed by his the no weapon approach is not <laughs> is is actually more deadly i'd be like all right bud um but yeah oh, um so Jay Guevara just continues, basically says, like, I've got your wife and your children here. Don't mess with me, Bush. Um, now, here, here's the thing. Why is Jay Guevara in prison when he clearly um, is a god amongst men and is oh, above yeah. control of the U.S. government? Uh, Matt, why is he here? Well, that's very, uh, that's very obvious and simple, Steve. Um, he's here because he wants to fight 
uh mr unchained himself uh oliva um yeah. who is the strongest who is quoted several times in this episode being on par with strength of george w bush which i know is like metaphorical <laughs> but they make it seem like george bush is a powerhouse himself like George Bush knows Kempo and he's kicking people in the nuts left and right. Like, I know, I, like, they really yeah. see, like, those two as equals for some reason. Yeah, which is, which is uh, quite silly. But, you know, I, I, think, it, I think it's supposed to imply that uh, Bush controls the white Pentagon and um, Oliver is his equal who controls the black Pentagon. Um, <laughs> I never put the, oh my God. Oh, um, Lord. Yep. What, okay. What I always like about this is it sort of turns Oliver into, um, well, if we, if we look at Marvel, for example, Captain America is this representation of what America wants to be, like the, you know, like the the nice, the, the aspirational picture of America is what Captain America strives to be. And I feel like Oliver is um, the author's Captain America of like, of like what he views America as. Oliver is their champion um, for better and for worse. Um, well, I will say, I mean, the way he ties the prison industrial complex to Oliver's whole character, I mean, maybe you're right. I think there is a Captain America play there somewhere. And he's saying something about how prison is intertwined with America because the guy lives there it's whack yeah <laughs> my god i mean i mean i i think there's easier ways to challenge oliver than be put in prison indefinitely until you eventually fight him like there's no timeline to that right it's just oh maybe i'll fight him that's a really good point um except uh, two counterpoints on one on both <laughs> sides of the argument uh on, on the I, I will say that um, both Baki and Jay Guevara is, have the exact same plan we found out, which is to intentionally go to jail to fight Mr. Oliver. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, you're right. Like Sikorsky, Doyle, like, uh, uh, I guess that was all he fought. But like, if, if you just commit enough crimes, they'll send uh, Biscuit Oliver to you. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, the guy is holding president, the president's family hostage. Is that not a big enough crime is is george bush like nah it's chill like i guess i guess what let we can him take, hang out i guess what we can take away from this is that whatever sikorsky did it was worse than <laughs> <laughs> worse, worse than kidnapping the president i never lose the regulation matches barehanded or bare-assed oh my goodness i yeah i guess so all those all those death row inmates i mean i'm wondering what speck did that guy you know he was in an american prison and he was i i i don't even know what the, que the question that. isn't did the question isn't did speck kill somebody it's how many hundreds of people have speck killed yeah that's like was, yeah that's probably it's at what number stop me at what number speck has has killed people yeah oh my goodness well that's more or less the episode unless there was anything else you wanted to touch upon no that's kind of it it just kind of ends it's just like the old man who is kind of telling baki all of this is like you know so he's here for the same reason as you are and i just can't like you know it just leaves you with you know the classic baki questions like why is the president of a country also a pirate why did they have to add that detail couldn't he just have been like a president or a pirate 
I don't I, know. I feel and like then, it, answered, yeah. it asked the opposite, you know? Why isn't every president of a country a pirate? Well, apparently if you're George Bush, it's because you control all the media and you don't need to be a pirate. Very true. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Matt, uh, a final question for you. Um, so since you've watched um, all of the original series, uh, do you think that the one episode of Baki Hanma you've seen is... Do you think the show is moving in a positive direction? Actually, yes. I think this premise is really fun. Uh, I love the, like a prison is a really good kind of stage for fights, I guess. It's kind of naturally built into it. So, you know, the fights make a lot more sense than like, you know, Baki kissing his girlfriend and then having a weird like dinner moment where someone interrupts and they just like challenge each other to a fight. You know, the prison format is is pretty good for this, and it gives Baki a clear goal. He's trying to fight Oliver. It's, like, achievable, not trying to fight his dad that is quite literally a god. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, sounds fun, and I'm excited for him to fight Pirate. Pirate Prez. Yeah, maybe that'll happen. Who knows? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I hope so. They're really hyping it up. Yeah. Well... Thanks for coming on the podcast, Matt. Um, this was a blast, a hoot and a half. Um, oh. Please, the yeah. pleasure was all mine. It's such a gift to be a part of this, and uh, you've, you've made all my morning commute so much better with this podcast. So thank you, Steve, and the time you put into this Baki Taki. It's quite a uh -oh. privilege. A privilege. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it is in a way, I guess. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. All right, well, that's all the Baki we've got to Taki, so... See you all next week. Friday.